you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your host, Bo Brock, daily host of the Locked On Cardinals, and I'm just going to say this right out of the gates. Give me all the mock drafts. Yes, it was officially mock draft and draft season when the final whistle blew last Sunday night, Super Bowl 55, after we crowned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers NFL champions. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnNFLPods. Follow me, Bo Brock. Just type in Bob Rack. It's easy. B-O-B-R-A-C-K. We really appreciate you guys tuning in to the Locked On NFL podcast on today's episode. We've got the top prospect in the NFL draft. He held his pro day. Ellis Tolbert of Locked On Clemson breaks down Trevor Lawrence's performance. What did he have to prove? It seems like he's the most can't-miss prospect since Andrew Luck. Why did Lawrence feel like he needed to get out in front of scouts and teams Prove himself even more than he did in his three fantastic seasons playing for the Tigers. And we did have a star exit Houston. It wasn't Deshaun Watson, but the Texans are parting ways with J.J. Watt. Is Watson next to leave? We'll ask John Hickman of Locked On Texans. I'll chat with John and ask him if J.J.'s leaving because the organization is a flaming porta potty or is it because Watt is just simply title-chasing in the twilight of his career, 31 years old. We'll get answers to all those questions here on the Locked On NFL podcast. It was an interesting weekend. I had to like reintroduce myself to my wife. It was the first time in months that we've really hung out Saturday and Sunday without football intervening. Immediately, I started consuming mock drafts. It was like my body required it for survival. Check out Kyle Krabs' Mock Draft 5.2 over at thedraftnetwork.com. Kyle, he does a great job. He hosts the Draft Dudes here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Dolphins. And he went a little nuts projecting trades, which I think is a fool's errand in mock drafts because it's already tough to forecast which player is going to go at which pick. But he does it in just an absolute three-round thriller, thedraftnetwork.com. Now, outside the J.J. Watt and Texans divorce that went down on Friday, Trevor Lawrence and Clemson basically hosting his first practice with the Jacksonville Jaguars, it was a pretty tame weekend for the NFL and its news cycle. Probably one of the quieter weekends we'll see as we start to ramp up for the new league year and free agency and then, of course, draft season. But it was Urban Meyer's controversial hire of the embattled Chris Doyle that ended up with Doyle resigning. Meyer and Trent Baalke released a joint statement on Saturday morning. Chris Doyle, quote, came to us this evening to submit his resignation, and we've accepted. Chris did not want to be a distraction to what we are building in Jacksonville. We are responsible for all aspects of our program, and in retrospect, should have given greater consideration to how his appointment may have affected all involved. We wish him the best as he moves forward in his career. Now, don't be outraged by this move because it's the correct move. And it's Meyer's first misstep as Jags head coach. I didn't anticipate it to be this early on, but it was absolutely a misstep. I mean, Doyle's 20-year run in Iowa came to an unceremonious end in June when Coach Kirk Ferenz, a very respected college coach, 
decided it was time to part ways with him. His departure came on the heels of numerous former players speaking out against the ex-strength and condition coach alleging racism in bowling. Two red flags right there. This day and age, that, that's, it's not, there, that is a uh, non-negotiable issue. Racism, bullying. And it, it shouldn't be going forward. Now, before Doyle's resignation, Meyer met with reporters in Jacksonville and he defended the hire of his longtime friend close to 20 years and was adamant, quote, very confident his friend would not cause any issues despite his checkered past. Now, look, a college football program found it problematic enough to just pay him to go away. Doyle was the highest paid strength coach at over 800 k a season, and he received 15 months of pay, roughly $1.1 million in benefits to uh, basically leave the program. Iowa thought it was there was enough to cut ties. And there's no smoking gun, but the guy just shouldn't fall into a position with an NFL organization. I think it's pretty simple. I was shocked after the way things kind of ended. One of the big stories that was at the end of Urban Meyer's tenure at Ohio State that this was one of the first stories to come out of Jacksonville during his new tenure as Jags head coach. One of the more positive stories that uh, came out over the weekend was wide receiver Chris Hogan. He's heading to a different pro sport. The former Jets, Patriots, Dolphins wideout is heading to the premier lacrosse league for the 2021 season. Hogan took to social media to say, as many of you know, my roots are in lacrosse and I'm excited to fight for a roster spot with the best in the world. We all know about your roots in lacrosse. If you watched any game broadcasted that Hogan was a part of, one of the broadcasters would mention that. It's one of those things like I covered the Cardinals and Chris Johnson was wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform for a short time and broadcasters would always bring up the fact that Johnson was shot. He had bullet fragments in his shoulder. Or like if you're watching a Seahawks or Raiders game, they would mention that Marshawn Lynch He enjoys Skittles. That beast mode likes to taste the rainbow. What are some other things that broadcasters just can't help themselves from bringing up? I know you see them week in and week out watching the NFL. Hit me up on Twitter, at Bob Brack, B-O-B-R-A-C-K, to find me Bo Brock. But uh, as far as Hogan's concerned, 33-year-old, he starred at Penn State playing lacrosse uh, and then went on to play college football at Monmouth University. Kind of first showed up on Hard Knocks. He was 7-11, always open for the Jets. Then he kind of uh, became a journeyman, as I mentioned, played in Miami for Hogan. So congrats on that if it's the last we see of Chris Hogan. It was the NFL Draft's top prospect, Trevor Lawrence, holding his pro day before the weekend. We bring on Ellis Tolbert, locked on Clemson. He joins us fourth in 16 sports at Ellis Tolbert on Twitter. Now, there's not going to be any controversy, Ellis, as far as hand size, Lawrence's mitts measured in at 10 inches. Is the fact that Trevor Lawrence even held his pro day kind of a testament to how competitive this young man is? First and foremost, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you. You're the GOAT. But (laughs) I think the only thing that people might get weird about is the, the fact that he did move it up so soon. Anytime you have injuries when it comes close to draft day, people start to well up a little bit. Oh, is this guy going to be ready to play for us? But I can guarantee you just by showing you what he did today, he's going to go in and he's going to actually be on his grind for the entire time, end up being ready for that number one draft pick. Well, hopefully. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it seems like it's the about a biggest slam dunk as we've seen since the Andrew Luck draft, where he went number one. And there's a, there's a lot of people comparing the two of them. But uh, you know, what is the latest on the injury? I know there's the reports out there, but it looks like it's going to be about four to six weeks. It's a non-throwing labrum that he's dealing with. Any more uh, insight on on the injury? Seems as if this injury has happened to him a while back, and it was discovered uh, during the vigorous meetings with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I actually think that's better for him to go ahead and get it done now. Coach Urban Meyer gave him a couple of options, said, you know, you can go ahead and just wait till after the you know, pro day, and then you can go ahead and get that surgery, but it's going to put you behind for a couple of weeks. In, in some cases, it could be potentially a couple, of, about a month or two. Uh, but in this situation, for Trevor Lawrence, him being able to get this non-throwing shoulder. And that's something I want to put this out there to a lot of people. It's, it's a non-throwing shoulder injury. He should be back and ready. The only thing that they're looking forward to him is getting that weight up right now. He's only about 213 pounds. They're hoping that he can get that Justin Herbert type frame, 6'6", 230. He should be able to pack that on after he gets healthy from this shoulder, shoulder surgery. It's an interesting comp because they are similar in size, skill set. Uh, I think you could probably say that Herbert, and this isn't a hot take, has uh, more throws in his repertoire. I guess he can make all the throws. But Lawrence certainly showed, and a lot of people were gushing about, the throws he was making in the red zone. Why was why did that stand out so much from the workout? I think a lot of that is because Clemson's normally known for a two-part type offense. They're either going to throw it short into the mid-range or they're going to throw it deep. Trevor Lawrence had uh, some of the most most impactful deep throws in college football over the last three years. I think he leads the country in amount of big plays. But the only thing is, we want to see what Clemson can do in the red zone. We know how important that is in the NFL. Is he able to fit it into windows that are tight? NFL windows are not the same as college windows, and everyone knows that. But the way he's able to add touch to it, add a little bit of zip when he needs to in the red zone, that's going to be critical for him if they're going to be successful offensively. Ellis Tolbert, Locked On Clemson, 4th and 16 Sports, joins us here on the Locked On NFL podcast, Bo Brock. Was this workout to kind of reinforce mostly of what we already knew, or did we learn anything new about Trevor Lawrence? I don't think most people who've watched college football have learned really anything about Trevor Lawrence. We knew about his size. We knew about the athleticism in the pocket. We knew about the impressive arm that he has. I think this was more a show of, hey, I'm willing to come here and do whatever it takes to get the job done. Coach Urban Meyer was on hand for this pro day. Seemed like there were 16 other people there from other other teams. And, you know, it seemed like the only spotlight was Urban Meyer being there front and center with Dara Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer. You know, they wanted to see this guy up in person, but I think Urban Meyer just wanted to be able to have that in-person conversation with him and Coach Dabo Sweeney. I think that did more good for Trevor Lawrence than actual throws. Trevor Lawrence could have definitely sat this one out and still went one overall, but there's just something about him doing it that sets him apart. Making the transition from Dabo to Urban, have you seen any similarities in their coaching styles? (laughs) (laughs) Well, one's kind of happy-go-lucky and one's very to the point. Yeah, one's happy-go-lucky and one the other one's Urban Meyer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think it's going to benefit him from having be able to watch Trevor Lawrence multiple years and having a close relationship with Dabo Sweeney. These guys go way back. Uh, I think that's going to be able to help him. Again, that in-person meeting with a guy like 
Urban Meyer. He's going to ask Dabo Sweeney everything about this guy from, you know, what type of leader is he to what kind of throws does he like on third and seven? Those kind of things are going to help out Trevor Lawrence with Urban Meyer. And, and I really love this transition. I, I said when Urban Meyer got this job, it was a lock that Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville. Yeah, I think that uh, we can sharpie it as far as uh, what Jacksonville does with the card that they turn in on draft night between now and then. Maybe they can doodle on it. They really don't have much work left to do is besides you know actually putting Trevor Lawrence's name on the card. But let me ask you this last question, Alice. The last time Dabo was in this situation was with Deshaun Watson, and he called Watson Michael Jordan. What's Trevor Lawrence then? <laughs> well, I think uh, Debo's really good about saying a lot of things that make people scratch their heads. <laughs> uh, we got to understand it's coming from, again, the happy-go-lucky guy. Uh, I think he did sum up Trevor Lawrence to Steph Curry, a guy who is going to be accurate every single time. He's going to be able to make the layups, but he's also going to give you those clutch shots at any time. Trevor Lawrence can do that. We've seen that over the last three years now. It hasn't ended the way he wanted to, and Clemson fans has wanted to at the end of the season, the last two seasons. But we know what kind of quarterback Trevor Lawrence is. And I think Steph Curry is pretty good. I mean, he's what the now <laughs> I'm not sure about NBA basketball, but I'm pretty sure he's the leading three point guy uh, in basketball. So Trevor Lawrence, you got a lot of shoes to fill with Steph Curry. Hey, just kind of a impromptu last question here for you, Ellis, even though I said the last one was um, the Sean Watson, the situation in Houston what are your thoughts on how this is being handled? Does this seem out of character for you, uh, in your opinion? Or is do you feel like he, from what the reports are coming out of that organization, he has every right and, and should get his try to get his way out of town? Uh, this is a multifaceted thing that I have struggled with as well. A lot of people don't really know, uh, you know, this side of Deshaun Watson. Coming out of Clemson, you know, Clemson had a self-imposed social media ban with the players themselves do not go on to social media. Of course, that was changed this season uh, after all other things that happened during the summer last year. But, uh, you know, you didn't really hear much out of the players. You don't hear their opinions a lot. It's always, so to speak, coach speak. But in this scenario, I think Deshaun Watson might be struggling a little bit with, you know, being told you're going to get this opportunity. Maybe he's going a little too far over in that. If some people's camp, you heard Dick Vermeil, a couple other people say this. But at the same time, you got to look at what Deshaun Watson's dealt with over the last few years in Houston. Uh, it really comes down to they're not going to really be adding anyone offensively because they don't even get to pick in the first or second round. Uh, he has no weapons offensively at this point, and defense has been struggling. So uh, I think Deshaun Watson's within his rights to ask to leave. Uh, I think the media is making a little bit more of what the situation is than, you know, face value, but I think Deshaun Watson should definitely get out of there. There's an obvious rift, and I don't know that it can be repaired. Fantastic insight that you can't get anywhere, but here on the Locked On Podcast Network, it's Ellis Tolbert, of course, Locked On Clemson, 4th in 16 Sports. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Ellis Tolbert. Ellis, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. You would have thought that I had a void in my heart, my soul, this weekend, the first weekend without the NFL in our lives. Uh, but I didn't because I just looked at my friend betonline.ag and I found all the action I needed. It's the best bet on all your sports action. Football, it might be over. NBA, college basketball, NHL, all in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Your significant others, are they glued to The Bachelor? Spice things up. 
get some action on it. Real-time updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus just by using the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget the promo code Locked On. I'm sure when I start rambling on and on, you're like, what happened to that fine Monday Locked On NFL podcast host? Well, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski, who used to host this very podcast, now hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Just like Locked On NFL, but it's all-encompassing. It's got all the sports you need in less than 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. And it was a big name exiting Houston, not Deshaun Watson. It was the Texans and J.J. Watt agreeing to mutually part ways. We bring on our guy, John Hickman, at some sports guy on Twitter, Two Wise. Of course, he's the co-host of Locked On Texans. Him and Cody Davis doing some great things this offseason with some unfortunate news. John, were you prepared for this news about J.J. Watt on Friday morning? Absolutely. I was prepared for the departure. I was not prepared by the way it happened. I believe the Texans should have traded J.J. Watt uh, to get something back for him. He's in, I was going to call him the all-time great, but he is the absolute all-time great for the Houston Texans in their franchise. And they still could have gotten something back for him to help their draft capital. But they did the right thing. When he gives, when J.J. Watt gave all of the, he gave to Houston, throughout the course of his career, you do give him the opportunity to go ahead and, and say, you know what, I want to get a ring. Let me pick my destination to have the best odds, uh, best chance to beat those odds and get a Lombardi. John, is it all about chasing a title for J.J. Watt, or does it also have a lot to do with the reported dysfunction from that organization? I think it's a great combination of both. I think the dysfunction really pushed him out of the door to go get a title, if that makes sense. Like if if Justin James looks at his situation and understands that there may be a possible rebuild, you know what? I can't suffer one of these again. So I'm actually going to go do what's best for me. But we would not be in that situation if it wasn't for the chaos that's going on down here in Houston. What's the first step for Nick Casario, the uh, brass there in Houston, David Coley, their new head coach, What's the first step they can do to try to repair this broken trust with the fan base? Well, they're already doing it, Bo, and that's putting together a very great coaching staff. I think the fans should be excited about the coaching staff, regardless who's under center. I know that may sound crazy, but they have guys on this coaching staff now that has been proven winners. Uh, You look at James Campen, the new offensive line coach for Houston. Look what he did with Joe Batonio and David Bakari, he made those guys where, you know, who they are right now. And the offensive line uh, has been an issue for Houston for a very long time due to the lack of success Mike Devlin has had in the NFL. Uh, Lovey Smith coming over as defensive coordinator. Andy Bischoff, now the uh, tight ends coach. So they are putting together a very good coaching staff. And I think that's the first thing that Nick Asirio had to do in order to establish some type of faith and trust between the fans, but more importantly, the players 
that actually want to be, you know, around on this team after next year. John Hickman at Some Sports Guy Two Eyes on Twitter. Give him a follow. Great co-host of the Locks on Locked On Texans podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Real quick question about JJ Watt. What's his legacy in Houston? You'd mentioned the greatest player in franchise history. Beyond that, I mean, here's a guy that's done it uh, just as at a high level off the field as he's done it on the field. I was talking to a friend of mine, and the discussion came up about where does he ranks among the all-time great defensive ends, and I and I. I can't rank him no lower than five in the NFL history. Three defensive uh, MVPs. One year, and I believe that was the year Aaron Rodgers may have won MVP. Uh, but with just with what JJ did, you know, scoring touchdowns that year, uh, defensive and offensive touchdowns, twenty sacks, the most QB hits. Like he put together one of the greatest campaigns we've seen at that position in NFL history. And I think that's what his legacy is. If he goes out there and get his ring, first ballot, no brainer. He's a first ballot without the uh, without the Lombardi ring. But if he goes and get that trophy and is a huge part uh, of the team defensive success, top three defensive ends of all time. Yeah, peak J.J. Watt is, is tough to beat. That's a great debate as far as how you rank those guys. Last question for you. What's next for this Texans franchise? Is it Couple more players leaving town. Yeah, reportedly right now, um, about half of the team really want out right now. And so you asked me what was the best thing for Nick Casario to do, and I mentioned how the coaching staff that they're putting in place is the first step. And I think guys like Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, uh, Andy Bischoff, guys that have had success in this NFL will be able to sway certain players to stay around. Um, but I think that's the first thing that they need to do, and they have. But the next step, I honestly believe you have to part ways with Deshaun Watson. There's no need for a Houston Rockets situation where it got really messy, really fast with James Harden. Uh, Get the best deal on the table. Don't sell yourself short and allow him to go to one of his preferred destinations and go ahead and start the rebuild. What's your gut tell you? Where where are we seeing J.J. Watt play next season? Uh, you know, I've heard about Baltimore, mm-hmm. but for me, I think the story ending would be with his brothers in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I wonder what Bet Online has as the odds right now. Is it Green Bay? Is it Pittsburgh? Is it the Ravens? Uh, I've even heard the Titans name being thrown in the mix, and he has that connection with Mike Vrabel. So I wonder what the odds are right now with BetOnline.ag. I've even seen the Browns thrown around as well. It should be interesting, and definitely check those odds out, BetOnline.ag. But most certainly, you've got to check out Locked on Texans. Cody and John, they've been killing it all off-season long. you got to check it out. Even their podcast with the legendary Andre Johnson. It's all there for you. Locked On Texans. Johns, thank you so much for your time, man. Thank you for having me. This episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. Is it even more delicious because it's good for me? It's possible. That could have some sort of placebo effect, but I, I don't think so. Right now, there's 19 amazing flavors. There's a limited-time coconut brownie Built Bar, and it's unbelievable. That goes along with the six... Latest flavors, caramel brownie cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp, and your 12 OG flavors. In each one of them, the bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew, 
and they're equally as healthy as they are delicious. Great for the health-conscious person out there. Lose and maintain weight while you're indulging in this delicious treat. The bars, they're low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber. Great for the keto diet. Right now, save yourself some cash. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. Just use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're a draft fiend like myself and you haven't checked out the Draft Network's Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak every day on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, you're doing yourself a disservice. Every Monday through Friday, Trevor and Ben break down everything you need to know about the NFL Draft. Upcoming prospects, more through the draft scouting lens with mock drafts. Every Monday, mock draft Monday, oh, it's glorious. Get an early look at which top prospects may be available for your team over at the Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is already shaping up to be an incredible draft season uh, when you have a prospect the caliber of Trevor Lawrence, but also you bring into the fold, you know, potentially five first round quarterbacks. I mean, when they talk about. Lawrence being a once-in-a-decade type prospect, much like Andrew Luck was of the 2012 draft, you know, you start to look at this class and you're like, okay, especially at the quarterback position, who's going to play the role of Robert Griffin III in this draft class, who went number two behind Andrew Luck and before a knee injury, RG3 actually won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. It wasn't Luck. So who's going to play the role of RG3 in 2021? You know, is it going to be Zach Wilson from BYU? Will it be Justin Fields? Will it be Trey Lance? Or could it even be, you know, Mac Jones making his way up draft boards and potentially being, you know, the fifth guy to to land with an NFL roster in the first round? I mean, that, that storyline in itself, anytime you've got a quarterback class that's this deep, and I think the last time we saw it was 2018 that was headlined by Baker Mayfield, number one overall, then Sam Darnold, and of course you've got Josh Allen and uh, Josh Rosen, who said he was going to take the league by storm. And, you know, nine teams made a mistake. Now Josh Rosen, I think last time I checked, he was a member of the San Francisco 49ers, his third NFL roster, fourth NFL roster, excuse me. Uh, He wasn't exactly uh, making those teams pay. And then, you, you know, your 2019 NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson, was the last pick. Of that uh, first round, 32nd out of 32 teams. That I mean, quarterback classes, they always do it. But then you've also got uh, intriguing positional players. Who's going to be – we've seen wide receivers make an immediate impact. They continue to do so. And this is a talented crop. Jamar Chase from LSU, a guy that took the season off after scoring 20 touchdowns for one of the greatest college teams of all time with Joe Burrow. He was Burrow's number one option, not Justin Jefferson. So, you know, Jamar Chase, you've got the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith out of Alabama, his running mate, Jalen Waddle. Just going to be so fun to see how where these pieces fall and then this kind of unique draft process play out. We're not going to have any longer the Underwear Olympics coming out of Indianapolis. So I'm pumped about it. I'm locked in to draft dudes with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino and Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak of uh, Locked On NFL Draft. One thing I wanted to uh, mention before I got out of here, and this was a headline on ESPN or wherever you consume NFL content, Tom Seipel. He was a Cleveland Browns fan who passed away over the weekend at the age of 39, and it was his wish to watch his team clinch a playoff berth. And he 
realize that wish. And the Browns had a fantastic season under NFL Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski, and they even just shocked the world with Stefanski coaching or just watching from his basement, not coaching at all because he had COVID-19 for the wild card round. They won that playoff game. And uh, Seipel got to take it all in. He got to enjoy it. He had been battling kidney cancer, and his friend posted the news of his passing on an Instagram account. And uh, from all everything I've read about Seipel is he's one of us. He was a Cleveland Browns diehard. He was just passionate about football. He was passionate about his team, the Cleveland Browns. And he didn't want... A Super Bowl. He didn't want Baker Mayfield to go hoist the Lombardi Trophy. He just wanted to see them clinch a playoff berth, and he got to see that. And Baker Mayfield was uh, showed that he's pretty. He's a very classy individual. Where uh, he sent a video to Seiple and said that you're very inspirational. And then on Saturday night, Mayfield tweeted after the news of Seiple's passing, "quote Rest in peace, Tom. Your pure heart will never be forgotten." But you know, but Seipel is just one of us. Listen to NFL podcast, Cleveland Brown-centric podcast. He was a big Ohio State fan. He just consumed the sport. He lived it. He was passionate about it. He didn't even need his team to hoist a Lombardi trophy for him to kind of realize a sports dream of his. And, uh, you know, for... Even though I'm sure you, just like me, didn't know Tom Seipel, but we can identify with this guy on several levels. And uh, it's it's sad to see his passing. I'm glad he got to witness his brownies not only clinching a playoff berth, but shocking and just kicking the crap out of the rival Pittsburgh Steelers in the wild card round when all the odds were stacked against him. I hope you enjoyed it, Tom. Thank you for your passion. Rest in peace. You're an inspiration to so many of us. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. My name is Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Brack, B-O-B-R-A-C-K. You guys, Ross Jackson and Lucas Braun, they're hosting tomorrow. They always bring it. Looking forward to that podcast. In the meantime, have a great rest of your Monday and President's Day if you're getting it off. We'll talk to you guys soon.